Eyes for Allah, nothing but Allah. Ba is the beginning of Bismillah. Ta is for taqwa, bewaring of Allah. And tha is for thawab, a reward. Ja is for jan. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Assalatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina wa rabiya'i 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 wa قال يا رضا يا شيخ يا اخي سكوت مساجد هذه الميورتين هي سكين عضلان يسوع جيلان اعلام كي محاضره دي ولوج سيروا على مجلتي دماتي ولا او حمتين او الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله. We all know in Islam that respect for parents is something so great that Allah made it the next requirement after Tawheed. After worshipping Allah in His oneness, immediately after that, we see throughout the Qur'an, Allah speaking about 
good treatment of parents. We all know the verse, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا After worshipping Allah, the next most important thing is good treatment of parents. Why is that? When we worship Allah, we are in fact showing gratitude towards Him. We are recognizing Him as our Creator who brought us into this world and who has given us everything that we have. So we show gratitude to Him by worshipping Him. And that is our link with the Creator. That is the first thing that Allah asks of us in our daily prayers. That we repeat 17 times a day. Alhamdulillah. The very beginning words of our daily prayers, Alhamdulillah. Showing gratitude to Allah. This is the essence of worship of Allah. When that relationship with Allah is broken, when people are not grateful to Allah, they become ungrateful. The society begins to crumble from inside. Externally, the society may seem to be okay, but internally, it is dying. Because that link with Allah is broken. So that is our first requirement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we worship Him alone. In this world, our link with it comes through our parents. 
they are the ones who brought us into this world. They are the ones who raised us, looked after us when we couldn't look after ourselves. So, our connection with our parents, like our connection with Allah, should also be one of gratitude. That we are thankful to them for what they did for us. And this is our connection, our first connection with this world. When that relationship of gratitude to parents is destroyed, then the external aspects of the civilization or the country or the community is destroyed. And this is why Allah put these two together. Worship Allah, that is our spiritual connection. Kindness to parents, that is our material connection. These two have to be in place, otherwise the society is finished. So it is not surprising to find in the scriptures of the Christians and the Jews, those who came before, who received the message of Islam from Prophet Isa, Prophet Jesus, and Prophet Moses. We find in those scriptures the same statement of worshipping Allah and being good to parents. In the Old Testament of the Bible, in the chapter known as Exodus 20, verses 2 to 14, we find there the first four commandments given to Moses, commanding, God commanding people to worship Him alone. And the fifth commandment is being good, honoring parents. To honor one's parents. Same thing. 
What is in the Quran? You find there also in the scriptures of the Christians and the Jews. They have the same teachings in this regard. However, today in the West, whether it is America or Britain, Canada, Australia, in Europe, in Western countries today, both of these two fundamental principles have been lost. Western civilization has declared itself secular. Secular democratic. This is the two terms that they use. Secular means that God should not be included in government, education, health, or any of the aspects of societal government. God should be removed. Things about God should be removed from it. It is just what is important is human beings and what they need. And at the same time, we find dishonor, abuse, and maltreatment of parents, widespread throughout that society. What we hear about in the media in the West, most commonly when they're talking about problems of the family, is what is referred to as child abuse. Abuse of children in various ways. And according to Western statistics, one in every 12 children in the West are abused. Abused in different ways. Abused meaning they are treated in an ill and a very bad manner, either physically, psychologically, 
mentally they are harmed so they speak often about child abuse and of course it is something which is spreading spreading in western civilization child pornography on the internet you know uh, people you hear about getting arrested big figures in government arrested for abusing children in one form or another this is something increasing one in every 12 that's the figures <laughs> However, the statistics show that in Canada, one out of every five parents are abused by their children. And in the U.S., one in every three parents are abused by their children. Far worse, far greater, though they make so much issue about child abuse, there is a bigger problem, a much bigger problem. One in every three parents in the U.S. are abused by their own children. And by abuse, they define it, the schol their scholars defined it, as any act of a child which is used intending physical, psychological, financial damage to gain control over a parent. Either they physically beat, punch, hit, whatever their parents, or psychologically because the parent is old, they force them to do things that they shouldn't, and the parents' rights are taken away, or financially they take their money, take their wealth from them, unfairly, cheating them, and controlling them, forcing them to do things that they shouldn't be asked or forced to do. Abuse, 
When Western scholars looked at the reasons, the reasons which have led to this situation of parent abuse, abuse of parents by their children, they found that there are four main reasons. This is Western scholars, scientists looking into this problem, social scientists. There are four main problems. The first problem, they said, is a problem of attachment. Attachment, meaning that children are not attached to their parents. They don't feel that closeness, a bond between themselves and the parents. When they don't have that, then the chances of abusing one's parents is great. The chance of abusing parents is great. Where does this problem come from? Why would children not be bonded and close and feel love for their parents? Why? Where would that, what would cause that? Well, one of the big factors is that children are not being raised by their parents. Mothers who should be raising the children from the time that they are born, instead they are out working and doing other things and they put their children in nurseries for other people to raise the children. So the bond which should develop by between a child and its mother and father growing up, feeling that closeness with the mother especially, that bond is broken. And because of that, then the child doesn't feel that much of attachment and love for their parents. 
So then it is not surprising, later in life, they can abuse their parents because that love wasn't really there. Many documentaries have been done in nurseries, kindergartens, where small children are being raised by others, caregivers, replacing their parents. And they have shown these caregivers abusing these children because they're not their own children. Some of them will feel love and they will look after them, but many of them, it is just a job. They are paid to look after the children, so they do it for the money. So, when they have situations which are uncomfortable, for example, they have ten babies, and they have to change the diapers, clean up the, the children, and all ten of them mess in their clothes, in their pampers, whatever, they have to change all, they become very angry. Too much work. So maybe they might hit the child, or scream at the child, or whatever. So they have shown, they have put cameras in, nurseries and they've caught these caregivers abusing the children so if you have children growing up without bonding with their parents abused in these nurseries what do you expect them to be like when they grow up how will they treat their own parents it's not surprising and this okay
But this is presented that situation where the mother goes out to work. Father and mother are working and children are raised in nurseries. This is presented as something advanced and progressive. As they say, half of the workforce is lost when the woman stays at home. Now Islam teaches that the woman should stay at home and raise that child. Don't put the child in a nursery. Raise the child yourself. But they say, no, this is backward thinking. This is backward thinking. Half of the workforce is not being utilized. This is what they say. This is their idea. But the consequence of them doing that is this huge statistics of parent abuse. This is the consequence. So it is not a good thing. It is not a good thing. And we have to beware of in our society here, in our Muslim society here, that this doesn't become a norm. The generation that is coming up, who are being exposed to these Western ideas, you will find parents both are out working and they are finding others to look after their children. This is dangerous. It is a big evil in Western society and Western civilization. And what you find in the West today, because that love and that bonding with the parents, the mother and the father, is broken, then those feelings of love, if it's not there for the mother and the father, how is it going to be for the neighbors and anybody else? It means even less. They will not care or love them. So, what we find in the last 50 years in the West, in America today, in the last 50 years, 
increasing numbers of cases where children 10 years old, 15 years old, in schools, taking guns and killing their classmates, shooting their teachers, stabbing the principals. Every year, if you follow the news in the West, you hear more and more cases every year in the West. Why? What would make a child come buy a machine gun, a clashing cough, and come and kill his classmates, and kill his teacher, and kill his... This is crazy. Where is that coming from? It's coming from abuse of children by putting them in nurseries and not raising them themselves. This is the root. This is an evil. The other major reason that the scientists spoke about was a result of parents not disciplining their children, not giving them proper discipline. Discipline which is not abuse, but discipline which a child needs to learn to follow orders, to respect authority, that is lost in that society because they removed the concept of religion, God, from education. So, some of their leading thinkers, like Freud and Dr. Benjamin Spock, when they analyze how children should be raised, they didn't follow divine guidance. Instead, they looked at human beings like animals. So they studied monkeys, gorillas, other animals, and saw how they interacted with their children, and then they proposed that we should interact with our children in the same way. Because they are following the natural order. Right? So they say we should follow in a similar way. The way the animals are, we should. Because we're just animals. In the end, we're only animals. There's no God. We're just animals. A result of evolution. 
We are higher evolved animals than the others. That's all. So, what they concluded was that when we raise children, we should never hit them. I say, hitting children is wrong. They should be allowed to make their own decisions. We should treat them like grown-ups. Just little grown-ups. That's how we should treat. Just reason, etc. No hitting. So no uh, discipline can be established through hitting. And today, in America, in Canada, UK, if you hit your child, and the authorities find out about it, they will take your child away from you, and put you in jail. That is reality. So, children, knowing this, because of course the word spread, all the kids know this, Whenever parents try to force them, they will threaten the parents. If you hit me, I will call 911 and you're in big trouble. this idea that as soon as the child matures they should leave the home they looked at the birds when a bird has in its nest an egg the egg breaks the bird baby bird cannot fly the mother and the father bird, they go and they bring food back and they feed the child. As soon as the bird gets the wings developed with feathers, then it starts to fly, it's kicked out. Time to go. You're on your own. 
That's what happens in the birds. So they say same thing. Human beings. So you find that in America today, in the West in general, when a child reaches 15 or 16, he is expected to go out on his own, take care of himself. So he has to go out and try and find work and continue his studies, however, whatever. He's on his own. Many cases, not all cases, but in many cases, they're encouraged to leave. Don't stay at home. Go. You're on your own. So even the bond with your family is broken very early. So this has a direct consequence in the abuse of parents later on in life. So when these children grow up, they are married, etc., and their parents get old, and their parents are in need of help and support and good treatment by their children, their children don't want to have anything to do with them. They have created their what they called old people's homes. So instead of taking care of your children, your parents, you just put them in one of these homes, they call them retirement homes, they have other names for them. They put them in these homes and other people are paid to take care of them. Instead of them looking after their their parents, other people are paid to take care of their parents. Just as the parents were paying others to take care of the children. So it has come back. So, of course, in these old people's homes, people who are paid to take care of them, will they take care of them like a child would take care of his own parent? Or her own parent? No. They will abuse them. So there are many cases, also documentaries, showing in old people's homes, Parents being abused by these caregivers and uh, professional uh, nurses, etc. Abusing these old people who are like children in their hands. They're too old now. They, they can push, they can kick, they can beat. They, all these things are being done to them in these homes. So parent abuse, elderly abuse, this is a product of parents in the beginning not disciplining their children, building the bond, etc. So in the end, the parents suffer.
So, why did I talk about this? This is not in your society here. Maybe some of these things are starting to appear. But in general, it is not here. Why did I talk about this? Because there are so many among you now who dream of living in the West. This is the greatest thing you feel that can happen to you. If I got a visa to go to Canada or America or UK, Allah Akbar! <laughs> People just talk about it. And they dream about it. They ask Allah, they pray to Allah, give me a chance, oh Allah, give me a chance. Not realizing that they are not going really to a better life. Yes, technologically it is better. The masjids have air conditioning. The electricity never cuts. There are so many physical benefits that are there. But what's happening in the society is something else. And I was the imam of Abu Huraira Masjid in Toronto for six months. Abu Huraira Masjid, most of the people who run it are from where? Hargeza, from Somaliland. And as imam, people came to me with their problems. Parents coming with their problems. Children coming complaining about parents. And these things that we spoke about are now being experienced by Muslims who here were fine. When they got there, everything has changed. شوف 
So there were so many cases of parents coming to me, bringing their children to me, asking me to help them to guide these children to make them respectful, make them practicing Muslims, etc. So many, having so many problems. Children who are growing up in that school system there, which was secular, we talked about secular, no religion in it, where all religions are the same. So these children are questioning religion. Is Islam really any better than Hinduism? Or Christianity? Because that's what they're being taught. All religions are okay. You can be and follow and worship anyhow you want. They're all equal. And you should respect everybody in their religion. That's what they're taught. So, they grew up and they start to question this. They are taught now homosexuality is okay. They are taught it now in Canada. They have a, a bill, a, a ruling in parliament that is called Bill 13. In Bill 13, it makes it uh, legal for them to teach homosexuality in kindergarten. To teach that to children from kindergarten. Homosexuality. So I met children, young people from Somaliland, there in Toronto, who had become homosexuals. Huge shame in the family. Because they were influenced that environment. I met girls who had become prostitutes, who had converted to Christianity, who cursed their parents, abused their parents. I saw it. 
Something which you would not see here, it was there just like the others. Like the non-Muslims. Because you will be like those who you live amongst. So this is an evil consequence. I saw many cases of this. Evil consequence of life there. There may be material advance and material advantages, but spiritually, socially, it is corruption. So I would never advise anybody who says to me, I want to make hijra to Canada, I would never advise them to do so. It isn't hijra. It is destruction. It is spiritual suicide for yourself and for your children. So my advice is to work together here and to develop this society. It will take time, but it is far better to live here in uh, families which love each other, 
children that respect their parents, parents that look after their children, this is far better. You will be more at peace. Your heart will feel at rest than to go there and have families destroyed. In the West, they encourage Muslim families who have migrated to Canada, America, etc. They encourage the women to divorce their husbands. So you have many women who are looking and raising the children by themselves. They're not capable of doing it. The husband needs to be there. But in many cases, those husbands, they went there unqualified. They had no skills, no means to look after themselves. So they become what they call their deadbeat dads. They go to the restaurant, they drink shy, and the women are out working. And the children are being raised in these nurseries. And it is a mess. It is a mess. So, it is better to work together and bring this society up as more knowledge and technology is coming, the society is improving with every five years, ten years, things are getting better and better. What you have there here is far more valuable than what you think is there. Because the harm which comes from it, from being there, is far greater than the benefits that you think you can get from there. So I advise you to work together here. This is where the ummah is strong, where men and women and children know their responsibilities, their relationships, and they work together in a peaceful, secure, loving environment. So inshallah this was the message that I wanted to share with you this evening. I hope that that message is clear. You have understood what I have tried to share with you. And that you value what you have. 
Because it is the nature of human beings to always think that what others have is better than what we have. There is a saying that I heard uh, in West Africa, I was in Gambia for a few months before I came here. And the way they express it there, they say, the white man's ice is always colder than ours. <laughs> That's how they express that same idea. That what they have, we think it is better. But in reality, it is not. What we have, they are missing. Because the essence of this life is about a moral relationship in society. This is what Prophet Muhammad taught us when he said, That he summarized Islam as good character, good relationships between people Parents and children, children, other children, parents and other parents, all of this, this is the essence of a good society. And this is all based on belief in Allah and worshipping Him. Because as Allah said, Allah bidikrilahi tatma in al It is only with the remembrance of Allah that we will find contentment and rest. Otherwise, if we are looking for it in the dunya, we will never find it. We will run from here and there and there and up and down and all over and we will never get it. And in the very beginning of this presentation, when I spoke about worship of Allah, we said that the foundation of it is gratitude to Allah. 
So this is what we need to focus on in our lives. Accepting Allah's qadr in terms of the dunya. Accepting it and seeing the good that Allah has given us in spite of the fact that we don't have certain advantages in the dunya of technology, etc. We have a greater good and we have to be thankful for it. And it was from the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that whenever something good happened in his life, something good happened in that day, a good event took place, the first thing that he used to do is to fall down into sujood. This sujood in sharia, in fiqh is called sujood ash-shukr. Whether you have wudu or you don't have wudu, a woman on her menses, you don't know where the qibla is, you just fall down into sujood. You make sijda. And the Prophet ﷺ used to do it regularly. This is known as sunnah mu'akkada, that the Prophet ﷺ did regularly. But now if I were to ask you, in this past week, how many people among you did sujood as shukr? Put your hand up. What does that mean? What does that mean? A'udhu Billah. We are in the main masjid of Harageza. All Muslims, this is a 100% Muslim society, nobody making sujood shukr. A'udhu Billah. Allah said, in shakartum la'azidannakum. You all know this one. Right? وَلَا إِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ This kufr that Allah speaks about, what is that kufr? It is ingratitude. Isn't it? That is what He's saying. If you are thankful, I will increase. And if you are not thankful, I will punish you. But instead of saying, if you are not thankful, he said, if you disbelieve, because ingratitude is so evil, Allah calls it disbelief. So we have to revive this sunnah. From today onwards. Because I'm sure if, you, if I ask you, did something really good happen to you today or yesterday? Or the day before? I'm sure you can say yes. But we didn't make sujood as shukr. We need to bring it back into our life. Teach it to our children. If it is a part of our 
society, regular society then, that's a foundation for gratitude. And we will be able to better accept qadr, be patient with difficulty, and inshallah, Allah's blessing will be upon us. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the community, to give it security, to give it love and strong family relations, and to grow together. And to be examples of Islam to the rest of the Ummah, to the rest of the world. Allah has blessed you with so many things. I ask Allah to make us all grateful for those blessings. Insha'Allah. So that He can increase what He has given us. Barakallah fikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.